for those notes. Um, I appreciate Kathy uh, inviting me to come speak here uh, today. It sounds like she had an interesting week at the UU Ministers Association uh, meeting. Um, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Actually, Kathy and I share a somewhat similar trajectory. We, as I recall, she grew up in uh, St. John's Episcopal Church on 44, 41st Street, and so did I. Uh, we both graduated from Holland Hall, and uh, we both graduated from Phillips. So um, when she came to do her internship in Oklahoma City, I was, I was thrilled, and uh, I think you guys make a good fit. Um, as I said, I grew up in Tulsa. I don't know if any of you knew my parents. They were here for 50 years or so. Jim and Einadal Harvey, um, involved in Hillcrest and uh, various other things. And my mom, she was a real spiritual person, a religious person in a very good way. And I grew up in Midtown, so we would, we would pass by um, All Souls from time to time. And I thought that was a place that you had piano recitals. <laughs> um, you know, that's just was my experience. And I remember one time we joked around, and I said, well, what, what do those Unitarians, what do they, you know, what's different about them? And I think she was joking. She said something like, oh, they worship the sky and the trees, you know. And we both <laughs> laughed. And, of course, that planted a little seed, you know. I kind of remembered that later and then got involved in uh, Unitarianism back in the uh, mid-'80s. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Yesterday, I took a break from writing this sermon, and I met my wife Maureen for lunch in Oklahoma City's little Saigon, um, a mostly Vietnamese uh, community. We love to see the young people dressed up on New Year's, and, and of course the fireworks, the smell of sulfur was everywhere, and the, the wrapping of... Uh, of black cats and other firecrackers was so huge it, it makes uh, the 4th of July in Choctaw uh, seem puny and of course we spend all day it seems like shooting fireworks on the 4th of July but it is the Lunar New Year and I want to wish you a happy new year and welcome to the year of the rooster of course it's the year of the rooster <laughs> <laughs> strutting and preening and crowing when the sun comes up and taking credit for the sun. Maybe wearing orange a little bit, I don't know. Of course it's the year of the rooster. What else could it be? Well, healing is the theme this month. And since there are five Sundays, you'll get an extra sermon on healing today, which is just as well, since there seems to be a lot of free-floating anxiety uh, in the air. I have noticed short tempers and tears that seem to come from nowhere. Um, we are in the turbulent teens. And much like the turbulent 60s, there is a lot of arguing and a lot of conflict about values. What values guide us as American citizens? Do Unitarian Universalist values belong in this discussion? Well, of course they do. But what is the best way to fight for our values? Is it reason? Apparently not. <laughs> um, no, 
I think it makes sense for us to forge partnerships with like-minded institutions to resolve some of our pressing problems. Our fifth principle states that we affirm and promote the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. Now, I know there are groups in Tulsa who, ch who cherish the democratic process as well and aim to work with civic leaders and public officials on issues of concern to families. Uh, in fact, I believe action is starting up uh, now, the, was the Tulsa sponsoring committee. And I tell you, I'm really, really happy that's happening in Tulsa. Uh, the same thing has happened in Oklahoma City, and I am really happy with uh, what we've done so far. You know, we as Unitarian Universalists are concerned about families too, obviously, because family is central to our existence. All human beings need to be in a family. Whatever your personal history, your gender identity, your politics, your ethnicity, your religion, we are social animals and we belong together. That is a, a commonality we can build upon with other people. As you use, we also affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. We believe in justice, uh, equity, and compassion in human relations. So we should look for institutions with which we share that commonality as well. As well. Now, if we wait until all our issues align, then we'll wait a very long time. Uh, commonality is what I want to stress. Find the common cause, interact with others, and do something. Working with others also affords us an opportunity to influence our community in new ways. I'm sure there's already, uh, I can tell just from listening to the announcements and some of the conversations that there are, are already justice-minded members of this congregation who have worked for years to transform our world for the better. And I am sure they've achieved tangible results. Action will not replace your social justice efforts, but I think that your work uh, and the action organization that's gelling uh, can complement each other. Earlier, you heard, uh, well, you heard Julia read the uh, Martin Luther King reading, and I appreciate that. You did it perfectly. And Julia also said she wasn't going to mix up my papers, which I thought was a very kind thing to, uh, <laughs> to not do to a, a, a newcomer. I mean, since I have been doing this for 20 years, I have seen it all. Uh, one place, a uh, fellow came up, made announcements, scooped up everything, and sat down. And, <laughs> and uh, all I had was a, a draft, so... Hey, sometimes worship requires spontaneity. But in that reading, you, um, you heard King emphasize people, not materialism. Human beings should be central to our efforts. And you wouldn't think we would still have to remind people of that. But we do. Um, racism is still with us, and hopefully current conversations will lead to progress although it's obvious sometimes we take a step back, um, which is why we have to be persistent uh, in this particular subject. I also heard that our new president wants to invest more in the military. And I would say at what cost? 
If he wants to challenge contractors and lower costs, then I say, great. But we wouldn't need to spend quite so much money on defense if we figured out how to avoid uh, perpetual war. Um, Avoid militarism is what King said. It's amazing how much of this stuff 40 years later is still relevant, which which is why I selected it. I, I just am amazed. Avoid militarism, and that is a founding principle of our country. Jefferson advised peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. And none other than George Washington said we should act for ourselves and not for others by forming an American character wholly free of foreign attachments. Now, it's helpful to remember that these men owned slaves. They intruded on indigenous populations and didn't seem to think women and non-property owners would make very good citizens. And that's another thing you wouldn't think I'd have to remind people of that either. Uh, But there appear to be a minority... uh, yeah, a minority of deranged people. I was debating whether or not to say that. But I do think mostly they're misguided people. Um, A minority of misguided people who seem to challenge the basic human dignities of citizenship. A healthy values-based government starts with insisting upon healthy values-based citizenry. That would be a good start. And avoiding militarism involves not just avoiding interference in foreign entanglements, but also involves healthy allocation of resources. For several years, our government has been planning to recapitalize our nuclear triad to the tune of well over $1 trillion. And you know it's going to be a lot more than that. That's what the price tag would be. Now, you can agree or disagree with portions of that plan, But suffice to say that promoting a a global nuclear arms race would hurt everybody. And we could use several hundred billion dollars elsewhere, like health care, like infrastructure, like uh, prison reform, and education. We, you use, pride ourselves on our educational achievement and our history is filled with inspirational educators. Elizabeth Parker, Peabody, Horace Mann. You know, I remember going to Horace Mann Junior High in downtown Tulsa, not really knowing what he, what he did. I've read a lot about him since. Um, Abigail Adams Elliott, Charles Elliott. What has happened to education stewardship in this state? It is shameful. And if we can work with other faith communities to make it better, then let's do it. Values are what govern a society, and how we communicate those values matters. It might be handy, for instance, to do so within a liberal Christian framework, you know, just given the circumstances of our immediate surroundings. I couldn't help but notice a quote from Carrie Fisher. Uh, Before she died, she said, be kind, don't hurt other people. It's all the sort of Christian ethics stuff that I thought was bull when I was a kid. She didn't quite say bull. She made it a little more colorful. (laughs) No, it turns out it's not bull. Tell the truth, be kind, all that corny stuff. 
We can also communicate our values, though, in non-religious ways. Andre Comte Sponville, in his little book of atheist spirituality, calls himself a faithful atheist. He says he doesn't believe in a transcendent force or God, but acknowledges his place within a specific history, a specific tradition, in a specific community. And that is what he remains faithful toward. We don't need to debate the occupants of the divine pantheon. No, there is common ground and it behooves us to find the commonality and not get hung up on the things that don't matter as much. The larger hope of Unitarian Universalism, in my opinion, is within our grasp. The hope of transforming ourselves and our world into a better place in the here and now is possible. Not easy, but possible. Dr. King also mentioned the rights of the whole versus the rights of the individual. You know, life loses its meaning when we distance ourselves from the fundamental need to be a part of something greater than ourselves. This is a hard one, since our mythology in this country plays to a strong, independent loner, uh, you know, like Shane riding down from the mountain to rescue an endangered family, the larger hope of increasing dignity for people and all sentient beings is under constant duress. So what to do? Well, resist. Okay. How? What we need are strategies of resistance and institutions to resist an assault upon our values. Let's use what Robin Myers calls the moral imagination the most deeply human of all muscles because it must work well if we are to love well. I can understand how prophets like Zechariah and others used apocalyptic, apocalyptic images to stir the moral imaginations of their brethren, he says. They resisted captivity and unfairness. And, uh, you know, when's the last time you read from the book of Ezekiel? Um, you know, forget the, the theology and everything, just the, the weirdness of the words. It, it's interesting. Um, as I looked, a stormy wind came out of the north, a great cloud with brightness around it and fire flashing forth continually, and in the middle of the fire, something like gleaming amber. Sounds kind of like Tulsa in tornado season. In the middle of it was something like four living creatures. This was their appearance. They were of human form. Each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like burnished bronze. Boy, prophets really, really take it to the extreme, don't they? Can you imagine how art, and I'm serious about this. I, I told Maureen this morning, can you imagine how art is going to flourish in this current era? Um, it's going to be fun. It really is. You know, imagine Steve Bannon with wings and hooves uh, <laughs> taking his seat at the National Security Council. Um, Throughout history, generations refused to surrender their humanity uh, in a, an inhumane world, so why should we? From within, our despair can be transformed into hope, which is something that Dandeka 
uh, Unitarian Universalist theologian, something that she wrote years ago. And I, I take it she was at the UUMA retreat this week. So I'm kind of looking forward to talking to Kathy and see. Uh, she's probably got several sermons, uh, sermon ideas about that. From within, our despair can be transformed into hope. Isn't that what salvation is about? Instead of focusing on the afterlife of heaven or hell, we experience these things right here. And salvation, redemption, healing, whatever you want to call it, involves recognizing the evils and transgressions of human beings, but still cherishing the world, still acknowledging that life is worth living in spite of selfish hoarding and reckless environmental destruction and in spite of the ironic loneliness of the most connected generation. Caring for others is more than an altruistic endeavor. Being stewards of the earth is more than fitting resources into our quarterly earnings plan. Life is what we're talking about. The nurturing of intimacy amidst the brutal reality of an unpredictable world. Life. The whole shebang. If we're serious about healing, we probably require several tools in our toolbox and we need to be veritable, handy men and women to heal brokenness. If only people's spiritual health could be supercharged by replacing an electrical fuse or, or that annoying seal in your faucet that you start to hear right when you're trying to go to sleep. But no, we're, we're not like that. And the more those mechanical, digital non-flesh-and-blood things, the more of those things we surround ourselves with, the less versatile our spirits become, almost like an atrophied couch potato waiting for spectacle and entertainment, but needing intimacy. The good news is that you have friends in your community who want to help you build the beloved community on earth. They want to help you protect the vulnerable. They want to help you transform your judicial system into a different model of restorative justice instead of leading the entire galaxy and locking people up. And what is that about anyway? You know? I mean, it's like we should have a big sign at the border that says, Welcome to Oklahoma. We imprison more people than anywhere. I mean, that's worse than the one I used to saw coming uh, across the Red River where it said, welcome to Oklahoma, discover the excellence, and then the next billboard was broken cookie factory ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're already doing some good things when it comes to helping steer the judicial system uh, in a more humane direction, and that's just wonderful. I'm really glad to hear about that. But restorative justice allows people to, prisoners to, to reconcile with their victims and their society. You know, I saw Joe Alba uh, this morning, I think, on the local news. He's our interim director of um, corrections. And he said he could barely walk through the, the rooms of inmates. Their bunks were eight inches apart. I know I couldn't get through there. Um, that's inhumane, and we need to speak out. 
Sometimes the obvious is there like an elephant in the room. And sometimes truisms are true. You know, play outside, make stuff up. Uh, use ordinary things as props for your stories. Be more human. Use your imagination. Use your imagination in a way that promotes a healthier society. Over the years, I've proclaimed that church is both sanctuary for the spirit and boot camp for the prophet in each one of us. We have to transform ourselves or allow ourselves to be transformed by action, by spiritual reflection, contemplation, by grace. Um, because if, this is something Einstein said, no problem can be solved by the same consciousness that created it. So some transformation has to take place. Therefore, in the coming year, I hope you may be blessed with new friendships on your journey and be blessed with meaningful relationships that lead to soulful imagination and transformative healing. Our generosity recipient for January is Habitat for Humanity. Uh, and uh, let me remind you that if you also want to write a check for the GAP project, be sure to put that notation in the memo line so we'll know that, know that you're giving to both different ones. Uh, please give generously. <laughs> 